Welcome to Organic Sexuality, where we explore the restoration of pleasure, the reclamation of sexual sovereignty, and the realization of our embodied sexual nature. An invitation to honor the pleasures of your body by embodying the pleasures of your nature. I'm your host, Rahi Chan. I'm a certified somatic sex educator, a sexological body worker, and creator of Somatic Sexual Wholeness. This is a special episode for me because I've known today's wonderful guests, Judith and Frank, personally for 25 years, before I became a somatic sex educator, and before they became the celebrated co-authors of The Magical Sex Book, and So That's Why They Do That, about men, women, and hormones. I so love that they're experiencing the best sexual intimacy, connection, and relationship of their lives well into their 70s and 80s, as I wish for everyone. How do they continually explore and deepen their sexual intimacy, pleasure, and connection in these prime years? I could not imagine a better way to launch her second season than with Judith and Frank. Additionally, I'd like to share a new online course I'm offering, The Three Keys to Genital Dearmoring for Expanded Pleasures, How to Bring Safety Within the Nervous System, Reclaim Your Body's Authentic Sovereignty, and Empower Your Sexual Pleasure. Details can be found by clicking the link in the podcast description or go to somaticsexualwholeness.mykajabi.com. And now, without further ado, the wonderful Frank Wiegers and Judith Clare. I am really honored and overjoyed today to be inviting two wonderful, wonderful embodied souls to the podcast who I've known for decades before I even came into the sexuality realm, Uh, Frank and Judith. Frank is really a Renaissance man. Uh, He's a veteran having served in Vietnam where he flew F-100s. He's taught flying and aerobatics. He's raced sports and formula cars skippered winning yacht races. Um, But he's also been a devoted student, having done deep dives into studies and practices involving sex, love, intimacy, and relationships, and is licensed by the Relationship Coaching Institute. Frank believes that love and sex are a spiritual practice and that love relationships are the foundation of everything we do, which requires skill and practice. He's been in the relationship of his dreams and is able to practice what he preaches with Judith. Uh, which brings us to Judith, who is... He does practice what he preaches. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. I can attest to that. That's so refreshing in somebody who talks about it. Yes, exactly. So Judith is a Renaissance woman, a creative soul and artist. She's written uh, lyrics for at least 10 recorded songs. She's written screenplays. She paints. She's performed on stage, uh, and she's also been doing personal, career, and relationship counseling and coaching for over 40 years, influenced by her deep dives into Eastern and Western spiritual practices, exploring what is really authentic and true within our relationships with ourselves and with others. Together, 
This team has, co- has co-authored two books, The Magical Sex Book, which we'll get into. And so that's why they do that about men, women, and hormones. I see the meeting of the two of you who I know were devoted students of sex and intimacy and relationships, finally having met your match when you two came together almost 20 years ago, which is so cool. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Welcome. Well, thanks. Thanks, Ronnie. It's great to be here with you. And it's, it's really a pleasure. I guess you all know Rahi, but I, I do know him for a long time. Yes. And it's been like, uh, he he's always, from the minute I met him, looking for truth, looking for authenticity. Hmm. He's always um, open. He's always vulnerable. He's always curious. Hmm. He was always like that. And so this is the culmination, at least of my time. I think we, we talked about knowing each other about 25 years. Exactly. And, and um, it's been, it's always a joy to connect with him. Always a joy. Every time. I remember oh, one time, it wasn't great being in Rahi's space. Well, I feel the same way about you, Judith. And Frank, I, I know you less well, but I so enjoyed connecting with you as well. Um, Guys, I feel like a great jumping off point because uh, there's so many juicy topics covered in your book that I want to get to. But I wanted to ask, what was it about meeting, relating, and making love with each other that took your sexual and intimacy IQ to the new and expansive levels that it did? Because I know, I, you know, I knew both of you before you got together or around that time, and I know you were both you know, uh, practiced in Tantra and intimacy and relationships. What was it about meeting each other that made the difference for you? We both have, I think, um, the same core values. Hmm. You know, for me, ecstasy, you know, you can have physical ecstasy, of course, um, even with yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But, But the thing is that makes you know, everything really deeper for me and better for me is the connection Mm. of one soul to another. Mm. And we both had that core value of we wanted to commit. Mm. We wanted to find one being and be with one being who is going to Mm. focus in terms of relationship, their attention on deepening the connection, Mm. deepening how we um, relate to each other. Yes. And relating to each other, I mean, these are very simple, and this isn't even, you know, tantra or anything else, mm-hmm. with kindness, with respect, mm. with uh, support, mm. with um, intelligence, mm-hmm. with a willingness to work through all the many conflicts that arose initially. Sure. You know, to know each other. Um, And so, you know, when you find a being like that, Mm. what that does in terms of your physical sexual connection Mm -hmm. is that you're now you're with somebody who you trust, Mm. who you know could let down everything. You could just take a breath and be and be with that being. Mm -hmm. And when that occurs, and that occurs um, consistently. Yeah. 
day after day, week after week, year after year. Mm. It elevates everything. Mm. So it isn't like, okay, we found that we had a sexual chemistry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, no, we did, but that, but I had sexual chemistry with, with other people. Sure. But, but the thing is, were the people committed mm. to the deepening of the relationship and were they capable of it? Were they capable you know, and were they committed? Might want to, but they're too damaged or not conscious mm. enough mm-hmm. to be able to really create a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that really stands out. And what I hear is the not only the commitment, but the capacity to do the deep dives and to do the deep work of really putting the soul to soul connection above everything else day after day, month after month, year after year. I wanted to say um, something interesting that after uh, Judith and I met, of course, there was chemistry. I mean, we were at, at a puja, actually, where we met. Yes. And oh. I walked in the room and I looked at her and went, ooh, and, and yeah. smiled. And she looked back at me and smiled. And we both connected in that instant. Yeah. Wow. And after the puja was over, we made an agreement to get together and we mm-hmm. went out the following weekend and mm. that was 18 years ago. Yes. And after, I think it was about our third date, Judith said to me, I'm looking for a husband. And I said, I'm wow. looking for a long term relationship. And she said, nice. I'm looking for a husband. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, that, that would be a long term committed relationship, right? Right. right. So, so, I said, here's the deal. Let's commit to each other right now. Mm. And let's do that for 90 days and Mm. see how it works. And let's see how deep and how fast we can go deep. Wow. We did that. What I discovered was that Judith was really authentic. Mm. She could really just be Judith. Mm -hmm. And she put up with no BS. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it was just like, and I went, "Amen." You know, yeah. Sometimes it was, sometimes it was uncomfortable, and she would get riled up when I'd call her on her BS. You know, right? Right. So, uh, but the idea was to stay there and work on it, no yeah. matter what. No matter. And what. as she said, you know, what made our relationship magic was our commitment to our connection. And mm-hmm. we work on that and fought for it every mm-hmm. day in in rituals that we do several times a day. Mm. So uh, I don't well, I, I don't know. Uh, that's my two cents worth. I love it. I love it. So um, not only the commitment and being capable of that kind of deep connection, but I also hear the both of you were really ready for doing this kind of deep dive into intimacy and relationship when you met each other. And I love the 90 day commitment. I, I just think, wow, what a what an ecstatic 90 days to explore with someone in that kind of way. The other thing that I really hear in both of your sharing is, you know, the authenticity that you both were ready and practiced in bringing to your to relating and to intimacy. Yeah, you know, um, first of all, when he said, let's go as fast and 
And Deep, he says it very quickly. He's a fighter pilot, you know, and he goes, blah, 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 blah. He said, and he said it fast. He didn't say it, he yeah. said it now. He said, yeah. okay, let's go as fast and deep as we can. And he scared the shit out of me, to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah. And this, such a bit of a fear. I was bringing up, like, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to just date you. I'm looking for a husband, basically, if that doesn't, that's not your thing. I don't even want to go on, right? Right, right. With my subtext behind, right. I'm looking for a husband. But I didn't expect that kind of answer. Let's just go as deep and fast as we can. Right. right? Yeah. So maybe I'll give you a challenge. Sure gave me a challenge. Well, yeah. It's almost like you pulled out four queens and he pulled out four kings and kind of like topped you there. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you and raise you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, and also, I want to say, you know, it wasn't ecstatic in the beginning. Mm. I mean, of course, it was ecstatic, but I was 60 years old when I met him. He was mm. 69. Mm. And now I'm 78, and he's 87, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we met each other. We said we were ready. We were sure ready. Yeah. It took a, a long time to get ready. Um, but because I've had so many relationships, right, mm -hmm, including, right. you know, a divorce from a, one divorce, mm. um, I, was, I wasn't, we didn't have like that kind of uh, honeymoon period very long. Uh -huh. And because we said, let's go fast and deep, we uh -huh. really did get into things that would have been issues, that were issues. And uh -huh. we're different between us or our own baggage or whatever it was. Mm. So even within the, the 90 days, mm -hmm. we had to work. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have, you know, an extended bliss period. I see. Right? I see. We had bliss yeah. and we had the attraction. We had the desire and the excitement. Right. But we also, you know, had to roll up our sleeves. Yeah, but you guys were ready and willing to do that because you guys understood that that's what it takes. I mean, you're being authentic with each other. You know, the thing that really inspires me is that, as, as you just mentioned, Judith, you were 60, Frank was 69, and you guys were ready for the relationship of your life, you know, at that juncture, having, you know, wanting to take advantage of all the lessons you've learned along the way, which so inspires me. Um, because I feel like a, I think there's a stereotype out there about people in their golden years, you know, of, of hanging up that, you know, hanging it up, you know, when it comes to sex and intimacy, not realizing they, they can they can be they can be priming themselves for the relationship and the sexual pleasure of their lives as, as you guys have experienced. Yes. Yeah, that's true. It's so great. OK, so I want to get into the magical sex book. There are yes. sex. I'm sorry? Yeah, please. Thing that I think is very important. In the first year, I got cancer. I remember that. Gastric lymphoma, and we were only dating a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was serious cancer. Yeah. And, um, and being able to navigate through that together and stay together. Yeah. And love each other was a really big challenge because you know what? In the groups that I was in of women, even their husbands left them. Wow. Husbands and boyfriends, a lot of men couldn't stick around. Yeah. You know, when there was that kind of um, threat and that kind of pain. 
Sure. You know, I, I went down to 96 pounds and I was bald. So wow. I can't say that, mm. you know, again, during the, the honeymoon period that I was the most beautiful I'd ever been. Right. I was really like scary. No, it was less than 96. It was 92, I think. Oh, wow. And bald. So, so, you know, mm. so in your later years, you know, you may come into this, but that's again where the commitment comes in. The commitment that says, okay, you know, I want this kind of relationship and I'm willing to fight for it and I'm willing to fight for that person and for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking back, it was really, um, I mean, I, I would I would not wish that experience on anyone, but it really showed your true colors, you know, because I remember, you know, I mean, t- to be honest with you, I remember... I just have these images or, or memories of how devoted Frank was to your healing journey. Um, I can't remember the, the, the like where I, I picked that up, but I remember having just getting that impression. Um, and, you know, you guys, yeah, I can imagine, you know, how, how many layers you really kind of, you know, got to see and feel and relate with each other, having gone through that a year into your yeah. relationship. Um, thank you for you sharing that. Someone uh, of the many, many, many relationship books I read, hmm. the guy who talked about the cauldron hmm. and being in the crucible of, of relationships. Hmm. And you get ground up, yeah. you know, and you got to come out of it as something better. And yeah. But it's it is a process. It's yeah. kind of difficult. Sometimes. It's not now. I mean, after eighteen years, you know, right. we're cool. We, right. But it's, it's a good thing to tell people that even though you might go through some hard stuff, the point is you go through it. You go through if you're it. Being, honest, if you're being honest, if you love each other, if you're committed, you go right. through it, and you get easier and easier, better and better, and you're closer and closer, and things are, you know, yeah, the better, bigger. Yeah. Well, too, I mean, every relationship goes through cycles of harmony, disharmony, mm-hmm. and repair. I mean, it's just every relationship. It's just it, you can't avoid it. So, learning how to deal with it is a is is a real uh, blessing. Yeah, learning how to deal with it, and also understanding that that's the nature of relationships. To to not take the disharmony as a threat, but as an opportunity for deeper understanding and for that repair. Um, exactly. You know, there, there's so many kind of directions we can go here. Like, for example, you know, Frank earlier mentioned the rituals that you guys do several times a day. I'd love to know more about that. Judith mentioning the, the cancer ordeal. I, I was curious how um, someone who goes, goes, a body that goes through that, how do you uh, reignite the sexual aliveness and, um, you know, and pleasure in the body after the body's gone through that kind of, you know, that kind of experience. Um, and then I all, I so want to get into the chapters of your book as well. But as a jumping off point, um, how about, I know there's a, there are sections in your book um, where you talk about easy rituals that deepen intimacy and daily dues. Can you talk about that as a way of cultivating and reflecting that commitment and intimacy with each other. Well, yeah, you know, uh, using rituals comes a lot from my fighter pilot background uh-huh. because there's 
processes you do when you fly, you have to read a checklist. You have to go through certain procedures, and you have to do those. Otherwise, you might die. Right. So uh, that's a ritual. In in our relationship, the rituals that we use, <laughs> the first one we call morning worship, mm-hmm. and we worship each other. Now, I know that that sounds weird. That sounds awesome. It sounds amazing. <laughs> The way we do it, it's just really simple. You know, we sit down, usually at the breakfast table, Ah. and I'll tell Judah something like, you know, I really love you. I love the way you create your art. I love the way you create your your, uh, life. I love the way you help your clients. I love your tips. They're beautiful. Mm. You know, just things like that. And and it gets a giggle from her usually. And and then I'll tell her something. And, you know, it gets repetitive every morning. But it's not about what we're saying. Yeah. It's about how we're saying it and how I'm looking at her eyes yeah. Yeah. with love in my heart, and sure. she's getting that. Mm. I love that. I love <laughs> and that. Then and you, usually he's the one who starts, so I'm at the receipt point, and I look at him, and he's just so sweet, and his intention is so earnest. Mm. You know, it isn't just a little, you know, he's really looking right. at me talking. As he said, I I love the words, but it's the, you know, the energy. So then I feel like, oh, well, I love you because I love how much you love. And I I Mm. love, you know, that you're a lover and I love what you're doing with your writing. And I love that you, you know, cooked a delicious dinner last night. And I, you know, so whatever it is that you're feeling that you love about the person, but it's it's like picking out all the good things that you see. Yeah, you know, it's 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 so interesting how, you know, lovers feel so much of these things but don't necessarily take the time and space to create a ritual and express and shower each other and nourish each nourish each other with with how they feel. You have a fantastic way of summarizing and uh expanding a thought. Everything, even on your intro, I just want to compliment you on that. It's pretty amazing. So the second ritual we do is yes. at dinner time, and we do the evening news. Mm. <laughs> and I, she says, "Tell me about your day." Mm. And I just, I, I don't say, "Oh, it's okay." No, I say, "Well, I got up in the morning. I did this after I read the paper. I did emails after I did that. I did, I, um, I did some administrative work, paid some bills, do whatever. Then I started writing." Then I took a break and went to the markets and bought groceries. And I, you know, on and on. And it, it sounds ridiculously boring, but the idea again is not the words that I'm saying. It's yeah. the fact that I'm commu- communicating with her, which in turn generates oxytocin in her. And that's the bonding mm. hormone. Mm. And that's what, what women love to talk is because when they talk, they connect. When they connect, they generate oxytocin. Mm and norepinephrine and dopamine and a few other things, and that makes them feel really good. So the idea Mm -hmm. of me telling her today is not so much the information, although it can be important if i got something that's going on that, like, I'm stuck on my writing right now. I don't know what to do. Then she can chip in and help me. And uh, Or if I have a problem with this guy I'm working with, she can chip in and help me. So what I say can be important, but the idea is, that we're communicating and we're yes. keeping up that connection. And that connection is what's going to lead to ecstasy and magic mm-hmm. in the bedroom. 
Yes, yes. I love that. Okay, there's a, the last ritual is before we go to sleep at night, we say three things that we are grateful for or appreciate that day. Mm-hmm. What's something that we liked about ourselves that day? It's something that we did for fun that day. And then there's one last ritual, and that's every Sunday is our day of worship. Mm. And that worship means tantric ceremony. Mm. And every Sunday we take time to do a tantric ceremony. Mm. And we do that using those four steps I talk about in the book, The Magical yes. Sex Book. Yes. Well, for listeners who don't have the magical sex books, let's let's review those four steps and, you know, how the, the four steps really distinguish, you know, what what can be ordinary sex to really sex magic, which is what the book is about. Yes. So, so I'll, I'll give you quickly the four steps and then we can talk about it. Please. The first step is pre-play. Pre-play. That's what comes before foreplay. Now, yes. most people know what foreplay is, so we don't go into that too much. Then third is the play. The play. Be, the play could be oral or uh, vaginal, penis and vagina sex or oral sex or yes. whatever. But it, it's the sexual play that's going to take you to orgasm. Yes. And then the last phase is after play, and that's where you – bond and and make that final connection and then you take all that sexual energy that you've just created mm-hmm. and combine that with the energy of your thoughts mm-hmm. which you use to create mm-hmm. and that's like putting booster rockets on your thoughts because yep. you put those thoughts out into the universe with all that sexual energy right. and having that your partner holding those same thoughts at that same time mm-hmm. that's like beyond rocket boost Manifestation. I mean, in tantric circles, that is the sex magic. We're really kind of putting out into the cosmos this orgasmic energy that's unlike any other as far as creation and manifestation. But Frank, you know, as far as the 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 power of the four steps, I I you know, I think most of society, well, I think most men like the play. I think most women understand the importance of foreplay. I think most of mainstream society doesn't do a lot of pre-play. And I think after play is this incredibly luscious potential in bonding and connection and communion that just kind of goes out the window because people are so busy or they don't understand the significance and the imprinting in the body and the heart space that that, 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 that can have. Can you, can you speak to um, the importance of pre-play and after play? Yeah, let me speak to that. Please. And this happens in my counseling when I have, um, you know, some clients who need to um, grow Hmm. in terms of their relationship and also in terms of their sex. Pre-play is is like what you do when you're single and you go out on a date. Hmm. So even foreplay, you're just being with each other. You're just having fun. Yeah. You're just... You know, like in, in business, it'd be like schmoozing mm-hmm. before you do your pitch, right? Yes, yes. It's anything that you could do that isn't sexual, mm-hmm. right? It could be watching uh, something streaming that you love. It could be mm-hmm. going for a walk. It could be going for a hike. It could be going mm-hmm. for dinner. Mm-hmm. It could be... Um, like we were doing in the um, pujas, the tantric ceremonies. Yes. Dance. 
Yes. It could be listening to music. It could be, I don't know if you're, you could be going swimming, whatever it is that you do together. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Yes. Right. It's fun. It's relaxing. Mm -hmm. It's bonding. Mm -hmm. It's, there are no stakes. Mm -hmm. Just Right. right. So, so that's the importance of pre-play. Mm-hmm. So it isn't like, okay, let's get down to business and have sex. Right. <laughs> right? Or even let's get down to business and <clears throat> do foreplay. Uh-huh. It's giving you that space and time to just be and connect. Yeah. And I have to teach that to couples, especially the men. Right. In our book, The Magical Sex Book, yes, we have a whole appendix on things that you can do, mm-hmm. suggestions that you can use that are simple. You know, the hand-on-heart exercise where you put your hand, I mean, an eye-gazing mm-hmm. and just conversation while you're looking at each other, naked, sitting on the bed. It's great. Replay. It is great. I mean, yeah. You know, just kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that sets the stage for foreplay because it gets it gets you present in the moment Connected to starting to connect to your partner in right. a way that's going to lead to the ecstasy. Yeah, and that's what we do a lot for pre-play. Meditating, you know, breathing, and on mm-hmm. heart. We might spend, and just talking sometimes. The the emphasis seems to be on really connecting as soul to soul, as human to human. Uh, you know, with without having sex on the table or or you know, like as a prelude to it, but just really connecting human to human. Um, And, you know, this goes back to, you know, like the rituals that you mentioned, you know, the news of the day, and it's all about connecting and communication. So you really take the journey together. Love that. Love that. Um, Yeah. You know, I was going to, I was going to mention the appendix in the magical sex book. It's full of wonderful pre-play, foreplay exercises and practices um, you know, that are body-based, that are somatic. So your body's engaged, which is so, so wonderful. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about afterplay. Afterplay, yes. <clears throat> so we don't have mutual orgasms. And mm-hmm. I, I think I've only had one in my whole life. And, and, and I don't even remember with who. You know, sometimes <laughs> the idea of striving for a mutual orgasm mm-hmm. is distracting. What's really important for guys to get is that she comes first. You have to know the technique and the fact that the clitoris is the most important thing to know about. And mm. I'm just going to digress for a minute. But there's nine, you probably know this, there's nine pelvic nerves that mm. come down from the brain. And they go to different places on different people. That's why no two women are the same. Right. And two, no two guys are the same. Some mm. people have very sensitive anus. Some people have very sensitive perineum. Some have, you know, it just goes on and on. Knowing that stuff. And now when you get after orgasm, she has her orgasm. And we usually have a list of things that we want to manifest. And when she has her orgasm and she's starting down, Mm -hmm. I say the magical words that that are going to help us visualize creating what, what it is we want to manifest. Mm-hmm. Then after her orgasm, then I have my orgasm, whether it's through intercourse or masturbation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I have my orgasm, again, we go through the ritual of of saying the things that we want to manifest. Mm-hmm. So now the play is over. We're transitioning into after play. 
Yes. And usually what happens is I'm laying on my back and she puts her head on my chest and her knee over my, my midsection mm-hmm. and I, my arm is around her. And we just oh. lay there cuddled for uh-huh. 10 or 15 minutes. We may talk. We may not talk. Mm-hmm. We may doze. We mm-hmm. may uh, just breathe together. Just feel that. We've already put the magic out into the universe. We let that sexual energy that we just created envelop each other and just take that because it may be another week before we get to to visit that again. So we want that right. energy to power us through the next week. So, um, yeah, that's, I, you know, maybe it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes that we spend in mm-hmm. extra play. Yeah, you're really to- marinating. You're marinating in the energy, which is, you know, sacred. I mean, it's a sacred energy. And then especially the shared energy is so juicy and potent and powerful. It's almost like wasting the best part of a meal. You know, it's like, you know, cleaning up the dishes before you get to taste that juiciness, you know, from the marinade. Sorry, Judith, I interrupted you. No, I love how you listen. I'm just... It's it's really a trip for me to hear how you listen to stuff and where you go with it. Mm. So I, I'm sorry I interrupted you because it's it's like what you just said. It's like the afterplay yes. of what we said, <laughs> and then we marinate and how you give it back to us. Ah, I love it. We can marinate in the afterplay now. <clears throat> The, um, I was going to say the first book, so that's why they do that, Men, Women, and the Hormone. Yes. Talks about why it's hard for men to have afterplay. Because mm. us, mm. especially men, uh, pre-andropause, yes. um, when they orgasm, their testosterone, you know, shoots up, uh, it mm. goes down. Yes. So oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone, is what explodes in a man. And he feels all that part of the ecstasy is the oneness. It's the bonding, which mm-hmm. is chemical of what oxytocin does. Mm-hmm. However, <clears throat> testosterone expresses oxytocin in men, so they don't feel that very much. Mm-hmm. But the most they ever feel it is when they orgasm. But very soon the testosterone comes in, mm-hmm. and now they're not feeling like bonding. Mm-hmm. Now they because they're full of testosterone. Mm-hmm. Now they want to go watch a game, or now they want to go eat, or now they want to go they want to do something, right? Yeah, yeah. But for a woman, after play is what she always wanted, because women are very um, full of oxytocin all the time. A mm-hmm. lot of things trigger oxytocin. Mm-hmm. Verbal communication is a big one. But mm-hmm. uh, if she's a puppy or a child mm-hmm. in the street, you know, it's, it, a woman experiences oxytocin, hopefully, if she's having a good life many times a day. Mm-hmm. And it's very, of course, huge in orgasm. Mm-hmm. But after the orgasm, it keeps growing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. oxytocin is widening out like mm-hmm. a high. Mm-hmm. And this oxytocin has now been shut off replaced by testosterone. So for a man to have afterplay, it's kind of, for many men, like a learned response. Mm-hmm. It's something they have to condition themselves to. Yes. It's something they have mm-hmm. to be vulnerable to or open themselves to feel. 
Mm-hmm. Now, men who went to andropause, which is also discussed, and so that's why they do that, men, women, and their hormones, that's why they do that. Yeah. Are, are low on testosterone. Right. And when they get low on testosterone, they get high on estrogen and oxytocin, which is why mm-hmm. men mellow at that age, is why men want to connect more. It's why they're more sensitive. It's why they want more emotional meaning to their life. Mm. Right. Mm. And we were talking about this before, you know, there's testosterone replacement. So a man doesn't have to. Oh, one of the things I did want to say, if the man doesn't do testosterone replacement, by 58, he has more estrogen than a 58 year old woman. Wow. Who's gone through menopause because she doesn't have uh, her estrogen and, uh, and oxytocin are way down. Mm-hmm. She's not producing it. Mm-hmm. So he is. So he has, mm-hmm. you know, that's why they say, gee, women get harder, men get softer. Now, all of this, this in this mix comes if you're doing bioidentical hormone replacement, hormone replacement, both for men or women. But even with that, I think, and I actually should find out, mm. if men who do hormone replacement mm-hmm. still have so much more estrogen and oxytocin that they mellow and they become richer on that level. I know Frank did, mm-hmm. and he has... Mm, mm. Anyhow, that's why getting back to your know, question about afterplay. Yeah, it's for men who are younger to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, uh, Judith and and uh, uh, Frank's book around the hormones. It's so uh, just rich and filled with, I think, information that everyone like you know, we should learn it like math, but like math, English, and science. I mean, it's something our bodies go through and it affects us so profoundly. Um, again, the book. So that's why they do that about men, women, and hormones. So guys, I wanted to, I wanted you to cover something because I'm sure you see it a lot when you're coaching couples. Um, you know, the book, the magical sex book, you know, really goes through erogenous anatomy so thoroughly uh, oral, breath, multiple orgasm practices. It's really, really wonderful. Um, you know, and as we spoke to earlier, it's really the intimate connection, the heart-to-heart communion that kind of carries that sexual ecstasy. The question I have for you guys is, for couples who have been together for many years, maybe many decades, and have fallen into limiting intimacy patterns, how do you support and coach them to reinventing or rebirthing not only the sexual intimacy, but the, you know, relational emotional love affair. Because I see this a lot with clients, you know, been, been married, you know, 15, 20 years, they get into a routine, they get into patterns sexually, where they kind of feel like they're in a box. Well, you know, I, I, I've run into that too. And, and I tell people, you have to create it. You have to it's create it. Right. It's not going to happen unless you both are committed to making a change. You the intentionality it. has to be there from you both of them. Say, what do you really want to do? What's going to turn you on? Because, right. you know, everybody says, well, I don't feel any desire. Well, that's mm. normal. The desire is not there because it, at this stage of our life, it takes arousal to create desire. Mm-hmm. Desire doesn't create arousal. So right. if you do the things that you you do to, to reconnect on a, on a higher level than you've ever done before. We're in our, the third act of our life. What do we want to do here? 
And what yeah. can we do together? How can we support each other in doing what we want to do to keep ourselves engaged in the, in the process of life? Mm-hmm. And part of that is sex. And if yes. we do the thing, well, on Sunday morning, I may have zero sexual desire, but we have a commitment to meet in the bedroom with our clothes off mm-hmm. and go through those steps, and mm-hmm. then the desire appears. Because the, con- the connection between us, yes. I mean, I know every inch of her body yes. and I can, you know, it isn't like it's a new thing for me, mm-hmm. but what's, what's beyond that is the, the reach of her heart to my heart, yes. which goes straight down to my genitals. Yes. And that's, you know, you have to be conscious and you have to create it on a daily basis. And, and pre-play actually starts immediately after the last orgasm. Mm, I love that. Yeah, yeah. It goes on and on and on. So, I mean, and that's what our rituals are all about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a disguised pre-play. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so powerful because, you know, in rituals, the, bo- the, 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 you know, the body has its memory. There are somatic patterns that, that uh, get, get imprinted in our touch receptors that will then respond, you know, uh, based on its memory. So these rituals are so important. And I love that you brought up, you know, that weekly ritual, whether, no matter what mood you're in, you know, because then the body, it gives the body a chance to come online and then the desire can, can, can really come on, come online as well. Right. Well, you know, there's, I love the thing that we used to say, suit up and show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So in this case, it's unsuit up, get naked and show up. Yeah, right. Again, hormonally, after um, menopause, mm-hmm. a lot of women get very dry. Yes. And painful. Um, when you do, uh, for me, it's bioidentical hormone replacement. You know, it's safe. Yes, yes. Um, yes, that's helpful. But it, but even with that, you know, your body isn't producing it. So you're putting something onto your body, a cream, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it, but it's not the same as when you produce it yourself. It just isn't. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a, a, a cycle, a fertility cycle where mm-hmm. every month, the middle of the month, you're fertile. Mm-hmm. And so the body is full of desire and wants connection, right? Because it's automatic. It's, it's mm-hmm. what nature gives you. You're, you know, you're hot in the middle of the mm-hmm. month, right? You don't have that anymore. There are mm-hmm. no, you know, there isn't a cycle. So when you're in a long-term relationship, you don't have a cycle happening. You don't have the same kind of hormones you, you, you know, had before. Right. And for me, um, well, especially after the cancer, so that could be in the chemo, so that could have been also part of it. Hmm. That desire just isn't there automatically at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Created, mm-hmm. and and the beauty is, you could not only can you create it, but with Frank, I've had even after the uh, cancer and mm-hmm. after menopause, I've had the most fulfilling, most beautiful, most ecstatic sex of my life. Mm-hmm. created by us it, it wasn't yes. it didn't automatically come with a yes. fertile young woman you know who didn't 
necessarily have to be conscious. But if you are a fertile young woman and you're conscious, oh my God. But, you know. Right, right. The potential there. But Judith, I think what you're saying is so, so important for listeners to understand, you know, especially couples who've been in long-term marriages and feel like the, you know, the intimacy isn't happening anymore. It really takes conscious intentionality. It takes practice, ritual, and, uh, you know, experiences to to fuel the desire, to support the desire, and the body can respond in kind. And I think it's so inspiring what you said earlier. You know, post menopause, post cancer and chemo, you're exp- you've experienced the best sex of your life with Frank, and you know you're you're in your prime golden years, which is just so fantastic. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I'm yeah. Prime golden years. <laughs> oh yes. Well, I'm I saying every morning when I get up and go, "Oh God, everything hurts." <laughs> your your prime your prime. I should call them your prime years, you know, because sexually you are in your prime years. Which brings me to my next question: as far as rituals and practices, and really like sexual self care, you know, there are a lot of exercises and practices in the appendix of of the Magical Sex Book. What are some things that you would recommend to listeners who are also in their golden years and don't consider themselves in their primal sex years? You know, what, what advice do you have for them to get in, to fuel the desire to really take care of their bodies so that they are primed to have the best sex of their life? Well, I, for me, I, you know, it's, I, I think that, uh, that being in physical shape yes. is, it's important to me. I, yes. And uh, I want to I wake up every morning and the first thing I do is go do oh, maybe 10 minutes of exercise, some push-ups, some planks, uh, some stretches. Great. And, um, and, you know, just enough to get my body moving. And I know Judith has a, a half-hour ritual of yoga that she does every morning mm-hmm. right after she gets up. So keeping our bodies fluid and yes. um, alive is, yes is really important because if your body doesn't want to work it's not going to happen mm-hmm. so doing that and then as far as man goes my my sexual appetite has always been high yes and and you know <laughs> it's much higher than Judas so especially after the chemo <laughs> i don't put pressure on her uh-huh. to meet my sexual demands I take care of myself mm. and, and whether, whether I watch porn or mm-hmm. however I do self-stimulate and, and I do, sometimes I don't ejaculate. Mm-hmm. I'll just get to the point where I, I think they call it edging. Yes. Where I'm, I'm close to the brink of orgasm, but, but I don't go over the brink. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Right. But the idea is keeping that, those channels open. Yes. And uh, as, as a friend of mine says, you know, you have to celebrate Eros every day. Mm. And Eros is the life force energy. And yes. to me, it's a, sor- it's, it's a source of creative energy because mm. sex is the source of creation. I mean, we create human beings mm. through sex. Mm-hmm. So if you use that sexual energy to empower your brain, and you know from the tantric practices, we can take that sexual energy from down in the first chakra and bring it up to the to the top chakra, and that's yes. where creative energy flows. So yes, um, 
you, you older guys like me, put that into your uh, your toolkit. You know, yes. just just think about. It. I'm not depending on Judith mm. for my sexual fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I'm in charge of my own sexual fulfillment, and women have to be that way themselves. If their if their guy is not up to doing it as often as they want it, mm-hmm. there's nothing to stop them. The hand reaches exactly into the right place, and you can go take care of that stuff however you want to do it, whether it's by a hand or by toys or whatever. But mm-hmm. the idea is keep that eros energy awake. Yeah, yeah. Um. For me, you know, it's different anyway. I mean, men and women are different anyway. Mm. But, you know, like I said, desire isn't something that I feel. I I occasionally feel it, but it's very occasionally. Mm. It's it's kind of created. Mm. I mean, to be honest, getting older and, well, I'm going to go back. Things changed for me a lot after the cancer. Yes. The chemo was difficult. It took me about six years to feel normal. I see. And I've never felt as good afterward as I felt before Mm. I had cancer. Mm. And so as you get older, too, you know, a lot of things can happen to your body. So there can be a little bit of a, a struggle or a challenge mm-hmm. in getting yourself to even feel good. We're not mm-hmm. even talking about sex. Mm-hmm. We're just saying getting up that day and being able to feel good enough to live that day. Mm-hmm. And every day I need to psych myself, honestly, mm-hmm. in the morning when I wake up. I have to say, okay, this is how my body feels, and I know I feel better. Once I do my exercise, I know I'm going to feel better after breakfast. I know once the day goes rolling – it's going to be good. I just got to get myself. You know, I have yeah. to talk myself into it. I have to set my goals for the day. What's going to happen today? Oh, today's a great day. We're going to talk to Rafi. That's going to be so much fun. And I love mm. him. Mm. You know, that kind of thing. So, so part for some women, depending on how old they are and what's happening with their body mm-hmm. in terms of self-care, mm-hmm. is really that kind of thing. Mm. Being touched with their body, <clears throat> um, doing whatever they can to heal it. You yeah. know, I have good doctors for various things. I try mm. to, and I we I go a lot to the doctor for various things. Mm-hmm. Um, to feel good and to feel optimum. Mm-hmm. I do yoga. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> first thing in the morning. Mm. You know, make sure I keep have good dental hygiene. Sure, you know, all those things for self care. In terms yeah. of an old woman, yeah. so that a you can live the next day, you know, yep. and and b you are taking responsibility for you know where your body is mm-hmm. and what it needs and doing the best you can mm-hmm. nutrition, right? Yeah, and also mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure that you're doing the things that make you feel better and positive yes making sure that you know like either talking yourself into it or if you know taking a walk or doing your yoga right or taking one or whatever it is seeing your grandkids whatever it is that mm-hmm. elevates your your uh, mood yes you make sure you do it mm-hmm. it's like the whole part of how do you what how do you create ecstatic sex you create it yeah it doesn't 
automatically to you, especially in old age, older age. Right. Nothing. Right. I can tell you this. Nothing comes automatically to me in older age. Uh-huh. It's like I'm really busy creating everything. I'm creating my health. I'm creating my, you know, emotional, mental well-being. I'm busy creating my relationship. Mm-hmm. The thing that does come easy, though, is my counseling, to be truthful. Mm. Um, and more and more my art. But mm-hmm. that's only the time I get to them, I've already psyched myself up. I've mm-hmm. taken care of my body. Yeah. You know, I have, I've eaten my breakfast. I, you know, make sure I'm out in the air. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that's, that's, that's the kind of self-care. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Mindful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being intentional. And uh, I mean, I hear from both of you how important self-care and self-generating self-care is. Frank, I love what you shared about, you know, taking care of your own sexual eros and needs and making sure the energy is circulating and, and the, you know, I mean, with that, the, you know, the blood flow is circulating, the tissues are vibrant, the nerves are responsive. And Judith, I mean, it sounds like you're being very honest with yourself, being very compassionate with yourself and being very supportive of yourself you know, emotionally, physically, and, and always. And it sounds like the rituals that you guys practice and enjoy, you know, the lovemaking as an expression of this heart-to-heart communion and connection, like it, it's all an expression of your commitment to the relationship and something, you know, really higher than, than each of you. Um, guys, it's been so inspiring to speak with you. How can people find you? How can people get in touch with you and get, your, get a hold of your books? Well, we have a website because I was a fighter pilot. The website is called Top Gun Love, all one word. Oh, good. Com. Top Gun Love, easy to remember. TopGunLove.com. And the reason we, we call it that is because if people were to practice their lovemaking, yes. like Top Gun pilots practice their, their mm, craft, yeah. wouldn't that be amazing? Amazing. Wouldn't that be we had that kind of training and practice for our for our relationships and our love. So it's about having the dip, discipline and the commitment to study and practice what's going to make you a top lover. Love so, it. So toplove.com, and we're also on Amazon, the magical sex book. And and both of you, um, both of you, coach and counsel individuals and couples in uh, love, sex, and intimacy. Is that is that accurate? Yes. Yes. I also do, um, you know, I do personal career and relate, uh, and also personal yes. career and relationship and sexual. So for me, a lot of times it could either be one or a combination or all. Guys, uh, happy new year. It's great to see you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love this so much. Love you too, Rodney. Oh, so wonderful God. to talk with you. And to, to see your face <laughs> and to see your eyes Aww. <laughs> look at that energy everybody that he emits Aww. isn't it the best oh thank you thank you well I love you guys um, I'd love to get together have dinner sometime in February and, um, and, and catch up in person let us know okay will do mm-hmm. notice how you're feeling in your body right now What sensations and feelings are coming into your awareness 
How is this episode landing for you in your body? Might there be daily rituals you would like to introduce and share with your spouse, lover, erotic friend, or with yourself? Or maybe rituals for pre-play, foreplay, the play, and after play that you feel intrigued to explore as extended lovemaking, solo, or with a partner. Links to Top Gun Love, as well as Frank and Judith's books, can be found in the show notes at organicsexualitypodcast.com. If you've been listening since season one, welcome back. And if you're new to the podcast, thanks for tuning in, and please consider subscribing or leaving a review. And until next time, take good care.